we're talking about uh, a, a subject matter. It is a it is God we're talking about for the next four weeks in this series called The Weight of Wind. And so uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 19. I want to begin there, um, but I, I think it's appropriate that we're talking about the Holy Spirit who is the very presence of God today, and he is with people in Ukraine today. He is with people all over the world today. He is with you and I today in person, wherever you find yourself listening to this at whatever time of the week, he is with you today, whether it's in your car, on the drive, on the podcast, or on YouTube right now. I just, um, we're talking about the very presence of God today. So in the book of Acts chapter 19, the book of Acts is a historical book. It teaches us a lot about um, uh, how Christians are to carry on in today's way. Um, let me break it down. I got the honor of breaking this down for a couple who, who, was, who was asking for more clarification. I don't even know how the Bible works. Can you just, but I want to pursue God. I said, we love that. You know, I, I just want to reiterate, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, whether it hasn't even begun yet, whether it just began and you don't know anything, or whether you've been doing this thing longer than I have, we say, welcome home. Our, our hope is that no matter who you are or where you are in the spiritual journey, that you find a place where you can pursue God right where you are. And so um, if in your Bible, about the first two-thirds of it is the Old Testament that is uh, life before Jesus Christ, um, then you'll get into the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those four books talk about life at the present day when Jesus Christ was alive. And so they, they document his time then and what he did when he was on earth. And then right after that, um, about the last third is the New Testament, which is the Gospels followed by um, the, 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 the Book of Acts and beyond, which is life after Christ. And, and we can learn a ton about how we're supposed to be living today by the model given to us in uh, the New Testament uh, because there was a game changer with Jesus Christ. And so we're going to get into the Book of Acts. Um, chapter 19, and it says this, it says, while, Apo now, um, uh, let me finish my thought, Acts is the first book without Jesus Christ, okay, so this is establishing the church, and in the midst of that, chapter 19, it says, while Apollos was at Corinth, and, and that town Corinth is where we get the book Corinthians, because uh, Paul wrote letters to the people in Corinth. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, where we get the book Ephesians. It's just a letter written to the people of Ephesus. Okay, um, There he found some disciples. Say disciples. So some people who were already following Jesus. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit is treated like the forgotten about part of God. God is a triune God. He is three indivisible. His Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people uh, um, 
know how to relate to the Son, Jesus Christ, um, and we honor Jesus Christ a lot, and we should. And maybe we know how to relate to him best because he's the only one who came down in human form and lived among us. That's where we get the word Emmanuel. It means God with us. And so it, God put on flesh and bone, and so he, he looked like me. He acted like me. He dealt with temptations like me. And so a lot of people revere Jesus Christ, and we should. He is the game changer in all of history, and he offers salvation. We'll talk more about that. All throughout history, people have wanted to relate to God. And it makes it easier when we give them the term Father God because um, whether we had a, a great or a not so great earthly father, we all know what a father is. And so a lot of times we, even though we have feel like I have not met God, we feel like we have a connection more so with God. The Holy Spirit's the X factor out there. He's the one that some of us are like, I've never even heard of a Holy Spirit. Or some of us are like, I don't want to talk about a Holy Spirit because he just makes everything weird. <laughs> He's, I've been to a Holy Spirit church before and everything just gets a little bit different. And so some people become uncomfortable when the subject of the Holy Spirit comes up. But can I give you a simple metaphor that might help you understand that whether you've never heard of a Holy Spirit like the people at Ephesus or whether you've heard of scary things about the Holy Spirit, can I give you this metaphor? My wife and I, we have three kids. If you wanted to get to know me, but you told you, you frequently wanted to get to know two of my kids, but you told me that third one's a little different. Leave that third one at home when you come over because leave the different one at home. I would be offended. I would be dishonored. I would feel like you're missing a part of my family and you're taking what you like and you're trying to eliminate what you don't like. And so no matter where you are on the spectrum with the Holy Spirit, my hope is that through this four-week teaching that you would open up your hearts a little bit more. To, don't just take my word for it. Don't just take um, church's words for it. Don't just take your history or your grandparents' words for it or your friends' words for it or that one who won't wear makeup or that one who wears way too much makeup because the Holy Spirit. Come on. Don't take those words for it. Take Scripture's words. Okay? And my hope is to point you to the Word of God through this whole thing so that we don't just, um, um, as one author put it, call the Holy Spirit the forgotten God. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I, I want you to know the fullness of God in this series and all that He's offering for you. I want you to get everything He's got for you. And, you know, throughout this series, I might dispel a few myths because, uh, like I said, some of us have, have gotten it wrong. Like, for example, um, I remember when I was first introduced to the Holy Spirit, it was um, not even in a way that most do because I was raised Catholic. Because from my first five grades of school, I went to a private Catholic school. Um, uh, the way I was introduced to the Holy Spirit is I went to St. Edward's, uh, the confessor, Catholic school outside of New Orleans, Louisiana. And um, we were the mighty doves. Yeah. Like, I played for the basketball team. There ain't nothing threatening about that. <laughs> Come on. We're playing the doves this week. So, like, what was interesting is I could remember the only conversations I had is, like, why a dove? And it was, like, because it represents the Holy Spirit. But yet, when we played competitively, we called ourselves the eagles. 
<laughs> I guess they just wanted to turn that dove into something stronger. And so, I don't know, even then, it was almost like a shot at the Holy Spirit that you ain't strong enough. We got to beef you up a little bit when, when time is needed. And then um, I've had other experiences, too, like um, the flip side of it, when people were uh, super dependent on the Holy Spirit. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord in 2002, I was part of a church um, that, that called the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on. You've heard that, right? I think we even said it in one of our songs today. Um, and and it, out of Louisiana, come, brother, what you need is the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Come on. Now, it was always that strong emphasis on Holy Ghost. And I don't know about you, but ghost has always been not the most relatable terms or at least not affectionately. Come on. I've always been afraid of ghosts, you know. Um, I tried to watch Ghostbusters and say, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, but I'm afraid of ghosts <laughs> when I was growing up. Casper was about the only exception. And so um, ghosts were pretty scary. And so even the term Holy Ghost, which will describe where we got that term from, was a little bit odd. It kind of reminded me of a Boudreaux and Thibodeau joke I knew. <laughs> Boudreaux and Thibodeau, two southern Cajuns, they're good old boys, all right? And um, actually, um, this this traveling tourist in Louisiana was driving on a stormy, rainy night, and his car car quit working, and he pulled it to the side. He was like, now what? I'm in the middle of nowhere, and I I don't have a ride. So um, he sees this car with its headlights on moving incredibly slow in his direction. It's pouring. He's got no cell phone reception, and so he decides that he has to hitchhike, and and so he... um, he, he, he's holding out his finger in the pouring rain as this car eerily comes by. And um, he just decides it's moving so slow because he must want him to get in. So he opens the passenger side front door and he jumps in. And to his um, fright, he looks and there's no one driving the vehicle. <laughs> but it's moving slowly and, and he's just glad to get out of the rain, but he's absolutely scared now because who's driving this vehicle? And they're coming up on a cliff, and right when it's about to go over the cliff, mysteriously, he's freaking out, mysteriously a hand comes into the window, a ghost-like hand, and, and turns the wheel. And he's absolutely freaked out at this point. He's like, where am I? And two or three times this hand appears and moves the wheel and then disappears out of nowhere. Finally, he's had enough. He's freaked out. He'd rather be drenched, so he jumps out the car and he runs to the nearest diner he gets in there and his hands are shaking he's completely drenched and he tells me pour me the blackest cup of coffee you got because I don't know what I've been seeing I can't I can't imagine what my eyes have been seeing 30 minutes later two Cajuns come into that diner they're drenched soaking wet and one of them says Boudreaux look right there there's that man who kept jumping into our car when we were pushing it down the road when it broke down he kept riding in the passenger seat Come on. See, many of us are scared of the invisible hand of God reaching in and grabbing the steering wheel in our lives from time to time. And the invisible hand of God is the very ever-present Holy Spirit. And he's not looking to make you weird. He's not looking to make you goofy. He's looking to equip and strengthen you to live out the calling that God has on your life. 
He's looking to equip you and to be close to you. And I, I hope to dispel some of those myths. Actually, when we are launching this church, I have a very affectionate relationship with the Holy Spirit. I try to spend time with the Holy Spirit every, every day. We are a Holy Spirit-driven church, but my hope was that we would be Holy Spirit-driven, but not goofy-driven. Because a lot of people get turned off by goofiness or maybe they get weirded out and the very reason that God gave us the spirit of God to reach the lost to equip the saints now all of a sudden becomes an offense to the lost and people are like what is going on now I ain't going back there again <laughs> and I it was always my heart it was always my vision that at Lift Church we could be spirit driven but in a way that no one walked away going uh, I've had people walk up to me in the hall and just go wow Something was happening up there today, and I was like, I know what that is. I know what that something is, right? But um, I've, I've never heard anyone say, come on, because of something uh, weird or odd, um, I, I'm never coming back here again. And that was always my hope, because the Holy Spirit desires to be approachable and to be in your life. And so that's what I want to do in this series called The Weight of Wind. Does that sound good? Come on, I want to be a church where the Holy Spirit's moving, and uh, it's one of my greatest, um, um, it's one of my greatest uh, praises when someone comes up and says, the power of God is moving every single Sunday in there, and uh, I love that because that is what we desire. I call this series The Weight of Wind because that word weight, uh, uh, many of us know the definition of you can weigh the mass of something or, or, or how, how dense something is. But another definition of weight is the importance or authority of something. In other words, the weight of his opinions, right? It tells you um, how much authority something has. Or another term for weight is the measurable influence on others. In other words, uh, throwing his weight behind the proposal would mean that I'm putting all my influence in there. And so that's why we chose weight. But why wind? Well, Pastor Drew, that sounds like parables or some sort of uh, thing. Well, let me tell you that actually the Holy Spirit was a difficult name to translate whenever Hebrew and Greek writers were trying to put this in English or any other language. You're like, um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy, ooh, what are we going to put there? What's the right word to translate spirit? Because the word um, spirit is translated, it, it appears over 800 times between your Old uh, and New Testament. And in the Old Testament, you'll see it, it, it was originally written in Hebrew. That's what the original writers wrote in. And that word w showed up as ruach, ruach. And, and here's what ruach means. It means a wind. It means a breath, a violent exaltation, a blast of breath. It's almost like the word didn't come out as spirit. The word came out as so writers are going, what in the world are we going to put here? <laughs> the Father, the Son, and the Holy Breath. That's not going to quite work for our minds to comprehend. What word can we use? Here's an example. Genesis 1, verse 2. The Holy Spirit shows up. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the ruach of God, the breath of God, the, the wind of God, the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. 
See, if you were a translator, what words would you put there to try to capture the essence of the Spirit, which is exactly who he is. It's kind of like this essence, this, this breath, this wind, this Spirit. The New Testament was written in Greek, and they had similar issues as, as um, uh, Pastor Aaron mentioned, that they, it was translated, it was originally written as pneuma. Pneuma was the original New Testament word for spirit, which means a current of air, like a blowing, a blast of breath, a very strong breeze. And so the Holy Spirit, the weight of wind, he is a powerful God and he is ever present, but he is almost better described as just that when you're, when you're tired, when you're fatigued, that, that wind in your sails, that that I am here to equip you. I'm here to carry you. Here's the example, John 6, 63 in the New Testament. The words I have spoken to you in your Bible, the words I've spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. They are a breath of wind. They are a blowing over your life. And so through this, through this series, it is my hope that you'll draw closer to the Holy Spirit, let down reservations, give me a blank page regardless of what you do or do not know, have heard, have seen. I've seen some amazing encounters with the Holy Spirit. I've seen him show up in mighty ways that, that uh, blew people's minds and grew the kingdom of God. And I've seen uh, situations where people was like, if that's the Holy Spirit, I don't want none of it. And here's what I'm asking. Whether you're like Ephesus who said, I've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. I'm so new to all this stuff, I didn't know. Or whether you've had other uh, uh, preconceived ideas. I'm just asking for a, a blank slate through this. So here's what I want to do to just introduce the Holy Spirit. Since he is described as wind over 800 times in our Bible, I just wanted to show you four characteristics of wind to help relate to us who the Holy Spirit is and what he wants to do in our life. Okay, so if you're taking notes, here's four characteristics of wind. Number one, wind is unseen. Write this down. Wind is unseen. I cannot see the wind, but I can see the effects of wind. I can see the flag blowing, and I know... Wind must be here. In a similar way, it doesn't have to be weird when someone says, I can see the Holy Spirit is doing something right now. Um, uh, I, I have a, um, I, I don't know about you, but when we moved up north to Maryland, my father-in-law said, you're going to need a greater heat source than you had in New Orleans. So we invested in a wood pellet stove. I love that wood pellet stove. My kids love surrounding around it. And one of the things that I do is when I wake up early in the morning, we don't really heat the house overnight downstairs. Um, that's not where any of us are sleeping. So we, we kind of let it get colder, energy efficient, whatever. Uh, but 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 we got it kicking up so that I'm the first one who wakes up most of the time and I go downstairs to spend time with God. And when I do, that pellet stove is always uh, on and it's blowing and it's heating up the place after being a little colder overnight. Now, what's interesting, I felt like God was saying, you see, that's another example of the Holy Spirit. While the sun is dawn uh, not dawning, rising, and, and, and I could see the sun coming in, as it... As the rays go across the blower on the heat source, what comes in and looks like just solid light in most places 
the shadow that's cast beyond my heat source shows something different. There's actually heat waves that I can see shadowy flutters in the sunlight. It's crazy because I don't see that wind coming out of my pellet stove, but I can see the effects of it through the visible ray. And that's how wind is. That's how the Holy Spirit is. I was talking to a couple who gave me permission to share this story. But um, just at the beginning of the last series, uh, we're kind of dysfunctional. We were, tr- we were starting a series, and I met a couple um, at our marriage conference for the very first time. And I-, I didn't know if they were part of our church or another because we partnered with another church. And as I approached them, they said, we really need to get to know you better because your message is transforming our life. And I was like... Um, what message and they were like we just saw you on Facebook when you started preaching that we're kind of dysfunctional series and we never pay attention to church on TV we haven't he's never been to church and um, she had experienced a long time ago and she told me just recently I never thought I'd come back to God or have a place or need for religion ever again in my life and yet Something happened when we saw you on Facebook in our scroll. And we saw we're kind of dysfunctional and we're like, that's us. We're on our road to divorce after years of marriage. And now God, they told me in my office this past week, through that series and through the marriage conference, our marriage has never been better in over 10 years of marriage. Come on, guys. Isn't that amazing? Listen, from a month before, we are on the path to divorce. It's getting official to, Pastor Drew, our marriage has never been better. And I said, that's awesome. I'd love to take some credit. But there's a media team who could take some credit. There's a worship team who could take some credit. There's a dream team who could take some credit. But can I tell you that's that's the power of the Holy Spirit who just kind of goes, you need this at this time. I said, not a single one of us has the power to make that show up at your feed at just the right time. I said, how often had you seen Lift Church before that? She said, not much. I had heard about it from friends, but it never really showed up in my feed until that day. I was like, that's the Holy Spirit. Just kind of the unseen hand of God going, watch this next post. It'll transform your marriage. It'll save your marriage. It'll save your life. Come on. Let's give the Holy Spirit a hand real quick. John 14 says this. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. At the Last Supper, these are some of his final words that he would share. And you would think that those would be the most important ones. So what does he have to talk about? Well, he primarily talks about the Holy Spirit to them. And he says this. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Or, or a, some translations say a counselor. Some translations say a comforter. I'm going to give you someone else, the Holy Spirit, to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. See it? The world can't see him, so it often rejects him. But you know him. You feel him. Someone, I need a fresh wind, a fragrance of heaven. The fragrance of heaven. When you, you, ever, you ever walked by someone's presence and you smelled their perfume on them, and you're like, I don't know where that came from, but that smells good. So who's wearing that, right? Sometimes just being in the presence of God was just that kind of like, just walking, man, things are heavy. I don't know how I'm going to come of heaven is just like I, I don't know you but I know you're here I know you've shown up 
and I feel comforted by your presence that you're here with me. Number two, wind is unpredictable. Wind is unpredictable. Yeah, when we moved to the eastern shore, I told my wife, uh, Chicago can't be the windy city because the eastern shore is the windy city. Uh, The only reason they named it um, for Chicago is because they had population density. Because if we had population density, I, I, I believe that we're competing with them. I don't know if I'm right or not, but it always feels windy across crop fields and, and all kinds of things. I'm telling you, I've, I've never experienced windy wind like this. I was at Rise Up this week um, just preparing for this message. And this woman was sitting outside because it's starting to warm up. Somebody praise Jesus. Come on. And so um, she, she must have just printed out like, I think she must have been a professor at school or was going to school. I think she just printed out a 75-page uh, slideshow on print, on paper. And she was sitting outside, and it was a pleasant day. Next thing I know, I go to leave, and a wind, an unpredictable wind, blows across their papers. I have never seen Priceville's parking lot so littered with paper. I just saw the woman drop her bags and ah! She's trying to stomp on it all. I dropped my bags. I'm trying to help her catch. Community service was happening right there in the Rise Up parking lot. We were all trying to catch her papers. When we got it back, it was probably all messed up. I said, I would advise you to reprint because putting this back in order would be quite the task. And See, the wind is unpredictable, and a lot of us don't like this part about God. We like when God's predictable, controllable, acts the way we want him to act, is the way we want him to be. Many of us don't like it when he's not tucked in and orderly. When I I need to be able to explain everything he's doing, I need to be able to do. Sometimes I feel like God has told me, quit trying to explain me and just let me explain myself. I never asked you to like make excuses and all kinds of things. Sometimes you're just like, that's God. And God's got a plan. And I don't know why, but the wind is unpredictable, but our God is. See, why, doesn't, why does God change sometimes how he does things? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's a predictable side of him, yet he shows up in unpredictable ways. Why doesn't he just do it the same way every time? Because I know for me, and this might be true for you too, as a human being, I would resort relating with God as an equation I would turn him into a formula so when I do this you do that every time and now he's some sort of systematic math equation he's he's some sort of system John 3 verse 8 says Jesus answered the wind blows wherever it pleases You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You could try to box God in. You could try to make him behave. But at the end of the day, he's God and you're not. I've been reading a lot about King David. I mentioned him last week. Well, sometimes God won victories on David's behalf by um, sometimes it was a distraction. The enemy got distracted and all of a sudden they could attack. Sometimes there was an earthquake and God took out half of their army through an earthquake. Sometimes there was a sound of a phantom army in the Old Testament where the enemy started going, do you hear that army? There were only three guys on the other side of the hill. But because they were believers, 
All of a sudden, they heard what sounded like a great army, and they ran for the hills, scared of cats. Other times, um, they turned on one another and attacked each other, and they took each other out. It was never the same each time. Why? Because as human beings, we say, well, God spoke to Moses in a burning bush. So now we're going to start lighting bushes all the time. Because the only time we hear from God is when there's a bush on fire. Come to my church, Church of the Burning Bush. <laughs> and we would be trying to recreate things all the time. And we would put more faith in a burning bush than we would a God who is ever present. I know I would. <laughs> if I knew how to make God heal every time I wanted him to heal, I'd put up a parking lot. And <laughs> pay paradise. And put a Does that even mean the right thing? I don't know. Sounded good. The Lord used me a time or two to share a word of knowledge in other people's lives. I wish he did it more. I wish I could make him, when I snap, like, help me. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. You know, one of my assignments, you need to relate the Holy Spirit to your assignment. One of my assignments is to pray and ask God what he wants to share with his church every week. You know he doesn't do it the same every time? Sometimes he does it at the coffee shop. Sometimes he does it when I'm cutting my grass. Sometimes he does it in my morning devotional. Sometimes he does it when I'm on vacation. I want to say, what, why now? There's an unpredictable peace of God. And I think that also helps intimacy because now I'm always listening. Instead of going, ain't no burning bush around here. God, peace out. Talk to you later. Oh, I see a burning bush. Now I'm listening. No, it keeps me intimate. You know he wants to do that too with your assignment, your work, your schooling, as you relate to this person, that person, your job tasks, each and every morning, as you deal with your children, there's an intimacy factor with the unpredictability. Come on. Number three, wind is powerful. Look what the wind can do. It can generate electricity. It can propel a ship. And it can destroy a city. In, in other words, um, it can make incredible things happen. You know, this past week, um, I, I pray for you guys all the time, uh, and I know our pastors do too. We, we frequently pray for you, but this past week I sent out a text message to anyone who's on our texting list, and if you want to get on that list, just talk to JT um, or text the numbers we, we mention every single service. It'll add you to our list, and you can choose to opt in and keep getting some encouragement from time to time. I just dropped this. I've been praying for you all week. Um, uh, what can I specifically pray for you? And... Um, what started as like three answer backs, I was like, okay, I'm going to intercede. So next time I looked up after one prayer, it was um, 14 text messages waiting for you. And then I looked up again, it was 43 text messages waiting for you. I was like, we're going to get an army together. We're going to start praying over each and every text message. And do you know some people in our church are going through some heavy things? People in hospitals. People whose family members are in hospitals, people who've been praying for their kids to be saved all of their life, and there's no indication um, that there's going to be salvation yet. There's no sign of it. Uh, people in financial distress, people wanting to get closer to God. This is all new to me, and I want to get closer to God. People dealing with marital struggles, people dealing with a lot of mental struggles. And aren't you just glad that we have a powerful God? I know I would. I'm just thinking, God, my prayers and my words feel weak, but I'm speaking to the most powerful element, the most powerful being 
the most powerful God in all of this world. And I thank you that you are moving mountains with just the prayers of a righteous person. In other words, as our pastors were grouped together and praying, God was doing powerful things. And I believe you need something powerful in your life because sometimes life can just come and right hook us out of nowhere. And when all the power is in you, come on, we need something bigger than that. And the Holy Spirit is powerful. Acts 1.8 says, when you, rece- you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I remember um, since I was raised in Catholicism, I didn't really know how to relate to the Holy Spirit. And uh, I walked away from that church about um, when I was about 19 years old. I-, I-, I got an opportunity to play in a full gospel church. Some people have said, Pastor Drew, what does full gospel mean? It means they were expressive, they were, they were uh, fanatical about the Bible, and I was the only white person in the whole church. But I was playing bass guitar, and I loved the music. They were throwing down. It was so challenging. It was so difficult. I just didn't understand one thing. They were dynamic. They were expressive. They had this relationship with the Holy Spirit that made them do things I ain't ever seen done before. I'm talking shaking, really fast fluttering of the tongues in a language I don't quite understand, really dynamic prayers. And I remember thinking one time as the Holy Spirit was moving, I remember thinking, that ain't reverence. Saying ain't isn't either. I don't normally say ain't, it's just for expression. I just thought, that's not reverence. As I was playing uh, bass and and playing music, and I remember that I started that meeting saying, you don't have to act like that in the presence of God. God, um, this isn't God moving, this is human beings being human beings. And then I found myself touched by God in such a way that I told him, you ain't touching me like that. I'm not going down like that. That is not going to happen to me. I found myself 10 minutes later on the floor just kind of looking up with the whole church praying for me and I felt like this burning sensation almost like the heat you feel under the sun and I just remember hearing what I feel like was the closest audible voice of God I've ever heard and it just said son I can do whatever I want whenever I want to you think you have power over me I hold power you don't know anything about and and I, I, I've never taken God's power for granted because I need that kind of power in my life and moving on my behalf. I need to move on number four. Wind is refreshing. The band can come up. Wind is refreshing. I, growing up in New Orleans, uh, outside New Orleans, South Louisiana heat, I played a lot of soccer. And after a soccer game, um, come on, you know that car's been in the parking lot for a long time. I'm already hot and sweating, and that car has done nothing but generate more heat on the inside. And so um, mom would roll down the car window as I got into the back seat and started moving. She said it because I stank. And I said, I don't care. It's refreshing. That wind blowing on my face was like, in the midst of heat, in the midst of exhaustion. Just earlier today, it's been cold so much at Regal, we normally try to keep the uh, doors closed. But today, when someone opened up the front door, that wind blew through a refreshing wind. Might mess up your hair a little bit, but it's refreshing. The Holy Spirit is that refreshing power of God that comes upon you and lets you know, I'm here. I'm with you. 
I will equip you. I'll go with you. I'll give you words. I'll give you strength. I'll give you, I'll help you overcome temptation. I'll help you live the life. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. See, God wants to reveal the refreshing goodness that goes beyond our human ability to see. So here's my request through this series. Since spirit means breath, my ask is that you would just take a deep breath through this series. I'll do my best not to lead you wrong in any way possible. I'll share plenty of scriptures so that you write down the scriptures and you study it for yourself. But I don't want you to be turned off or be hesitant or hold back from a relationship with a powerful, refreshing God. Ephesians 4.30 says this, don't grieve God. In other words, don't reject God. Don't, don't, don't reject something God has for you. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you. That's my request. Take a deep breath. Just breathe in the Holy Spirit. He is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. So here's three ways to take a deep breath. Number one, let go of fears and misconceptions. If you got any sort of fears, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit never moved on people's lives with the intent of harming you or making you socially odd. There were things that society said it's hard to explain that, but what they knew is there was evidence that God was with me. God has shown up. And they actually became more attractive. People wanted to know what was going on. What was that? How can I receive power like that? Huh, that looked refreshing. Even you prophesy. Even you speak. Come on, God, if God can move in you, he can move in me. In other words, let's let go of fears and misconceptions. I was driving my daughter to youth the other night, and the wind was blowing, and I noticed I have a bit of a pet peeve. I don't like dirty windshields. I don't know why that is. I just, I really like clean windshields. Any, anyone else suffer from the same thing? It's like, I, I really like it. I get one bug on there. I got windshield washer fluid going. If it gets too grimy on the outside of the windshields, it's time to stop at the gas station, you know, wipe that whole thing down because I don't just want the windshield part clean. You, you feeling me? Some of y'all feeling me, right? The windshield was so clean, I actually thought I can't feel the wind. I see the wind blowing on trees, but this windshield, it's as if it's so clean, I don't even see it, but I don't feel anything. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me to encourage all of us, don't make your Christianity with a windshield on it so that you get to control it all. I like my climate this way. I like my hair this way. I like everything controlled at the way I want it. I want my environment. I want my climate. I want it this way. I want to see you doing work, but I'm going to put up windshields to control you so that I can have things my way. Sometimes you just got to roll down that window and go. The hair shot was a good hair day. But God, I, I just want to feel you. All right, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust God from the bottom of your heart don't try to figure out everything on your own. So I, I encourage you, do what he says. Don't just trust me. 
Don't just trust your neighbors or what other people say. Trust God. Trust his word. Go search it for yourself. Number two, seek to understand. You know, we're called to surrender all. And unfortunately, I think a lot of us surrender all and have a lot of reservations to it. But if we're going to surrender all, then we have to seek to understand when we're having trouble surrendering. Or when there's a part that we don't quite understand. Seek to understand. Just just tell God, God, I want to know more about you. I want Reveal yourself in your word. Show me more of yourself. You know, I had to let my guard down and let who I call Lord be Lord of everything. Not just my mind, not just my heart, my mouth, my thoughts, my actions, everything. Let him be Lord. Seek to understand. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And then number three. Get intimate with God. God's in heaven. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. It's hard to get intimate and talk to those two. But you know who's here with us today? The Holy Spirit. If there's any part of God to get close to, it's the Holy Spirit who is with everybody in this world right now, and he's in this room right where you are. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. I pray that that all would be with you. Three takeaways from there. God, the Father loves me. God, the Son, saves me. But look at God, the Holy Spirit, is intimate with me. He's the one who draws close when we draw close to him. So if you would, just enter into prayer. I want to pray for you right now. Holy Spirit, as always, you have authority in this place. We give you all authority, Father. We're here to learn from you. We're here to uh, be touched by you. We're here to uh, uh, be affirmed by you, to be strengthened by you, to grow close to you. And I just pray that you'll all repeat this prayer after me. Just say, Holy Spirit, I want all that God has for me. Father, I know you'll do it. I know you'll do it. You'll reveal more to us and you'll strengthen us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, I can't wait to hear testimonies of how you help people out of temptation, how you strengthen people, how you gave them divine wisdom at proper times and now they just got a promotion, how you placed them at right place at the right time in a place they wouldn't have been had you not nudged them and yet, God, you did some miracle or you used them or you encouraged them. Father, I just can't wait to hear the testimonies. More testimonies of families just seeing messages show up at just the right time and it transformed everything. Holy Spirit, we honor you in Jesus' name. Before I finish with every head bowed and every eye closed, are you right with God? You can tell the worth of something by how much someone is willing to pay for it. And can I tell you that God paid more for you and I than I would. He said he gave his only child, his only son, so that we could be saved. I love you. I've been praying for you this week. But if I had to give one of my daughters for you, I, I couldn't do it, God. But that's how valuable you are to God. He gave his son so that you could be saved. If you're in this place and you say, I need to get right with God. Something's leading me that today is the day. Whether you're at home or in person, 
I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. Would you just quickly throw your hand in the air and say, Pastor Drew, pray for me today. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to get right with him today. Just swiftly, just throw your hand in the air. Thank you. Thank you. Online, just say, include me too. Come on, we're going to pray along with you. Would you pray out loud along with our church this prayer right here? It's a simple prayer. It just says, Jesus, I give my life to you. I've screwed up a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes. I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm sorry for them, and I don't want to do them again. Let those sins be behind me. You come be the Lord of my life. I open my life up to the Holy Spirit to come in, lead, and guide me. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, and you have just saved me today. I'm a new person. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said...